So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world do the same with my one-on-one private coaching program. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to getting alcohol out of your way that breaks all the rules, life-enhancing tools that make not drinking exciting and joyful, and the profound and sacred journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. This show is not a substitution for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a medical professional if your alcohol consumption is at risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Welcome back to the show, everyone. It's Mary Wagstaff. I'm so glad you're here. I am really excited about this episode. I'm going to try to make it brief. I know I say that. <laughs> I've said that in the past. But um, the first episode of Love-Hate Relationship with Alcohol has been the most popular episode. And I've really developed my own understanding, my own concepts since then of why. (laughs) Why do we have this love-hate relationship with alcohol and what does it really mean? It's like we are the perpetrator and the victim, right? And so really what it comes down to is survival. In the first version of this episode, I speak to this love-hate relationship as a, a form of cognitive dissonance where we have these inconsistent beliefs One, that you love alcohol, and the other is that you want to not want it, right? It's like you wake up first thing in the morning, like I'm never drinking again, and then by five o'clock, that habitual cognitive response, really just based on the neural pathways in your brain, is starting to tick, saying, okay, it's time. If we don't have this thing, then something has gone wrong, right? And so if you've been listening to the show, you know one of the foundations and the cornerstones 
of the work that I do is offering yourself compassion, compassion from that place of validating what we really want from the outer world, what we want from you know, everyone else to say it's, it's okay. Right. And that's the, one of the reasons that it's so hard for so many people to not drink is what will people think about me that I don't, that I no longer want to do this thing. So my invitation in this show today is to cancel this out, that it's not a love hate relationship with alcohol, but it's a love, love relationship with yourself. It's not the alcohol that you're hating. It's really you for desiring it, for wishing you weren't thinking about it at one in the afternoon. But the love that you have for alcohol is also a fear about your own truth for wholeness. When we have this thing that reflects back at us, what, how we're not showing up for ourselves, we push against it and we run in, want to run in the other direction. But this only creates the fear to be stronger and more true. It's like if you never look under the bed to see if the monster isn't really there, then you're always just going to think it's there, right? And this is the same about the truth about alcohol. There is this voice inside of you that is screaming, please stop rejecting me. So it's actually the opposite. The love of alcohol is the illusion of solving the problem of not being happy or any other emotion. But emotions are not problems to solve. They are experiences to live. And they are a result of your thinking, just like every other experience you have is a result of your thinking. Your thinking isn't a problem to be solved either. It's an opportunity to investigate further. We've all heard the saying, an unexamined life is not worth living. And what that quote is saying is if you never go on investigating your beliefs and you don't become the authority in your life, someone else will become the author of your life. Other systems of belief will write your story. So our story is written for us from before we are born. And that is why we have to go back and investigate it. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to believe new things to become the authority of your own life. Who's the authority in your life when you think about that? Who is writing the drama that you are playing out? Who's making money off of your emotions? Who are you deciding for yourself or what you think other people will think? right? (laughs) We often choose, this might make them feel bad. But you're not being nice. You're just lying to yourself and to the people that you care about, right? When you choose out of authenticity, when you choose out of something that you no longer want. And yes, there may be this initial compulsion because of the actual chemical 
dependency from an emotional place, but that slowly goes away once we clean up our belief system about alcohol. So you have to examine all the beliefs and really decide if they're true or if you want them to be true anymore. Because if you no longer want a belief to be true, you can work towards changing that. It's just a process of learning something new. Alcohol exists as an acceptable option because as a people, as a species, we are void of purpose. We are out there searching for meaning in achievement. We seek happiness through the labels that we give ourselves versus acceptance of who we are of just being human. And so when you chase happiness versus wholeness, you will lose every time. Happiness is an emotion that is fleeting, just like every other state. So we are in a constant flux as, as human beings of our emotions changing rapidly. And how can you ever be fully happy when parts of who you are are rejected by yourself and unknown? So there is a little message that, that you send to alcohol every time <laughs> that is, you know, why won't you love me the way I am or the way you are is not acceptable, right? What is the problem with even being stressed out? What is a problem with overwhelm? We tell ourselves all of these states of emotions are problems and so we avoid them instead of investigating what are all of the thoughts that create overwhelm. Some of the times if we're overwhelmed, we have all these things to do and we write and make a list and there's like five things on it. And it's like, oh, I got that, right? But we just spin in our brains instead of slowing down to investigate it. And it's not your fault. No one has simply taught you that, right? We've kind of been taught that this is how life is, right? Life's a bitch. <laughs> there's like coffee mugs about it. Like, wow. So instead of the purpose being the experience of life, we search for purpose in the achievement, but then we take our brain with us and we're constantly always just searching for happiness versus whole, being whole. But when you can say, this is my whole true self, I don't need to relax. I don't need to be any way in this moment. I'm just showing up as me. Then you can let go. And then that bit of relief or, you know, camaraderie or just kind of being chill is going to be there naturally because you're stopped putting all this pressure on yourself to be a certain way. I am just me and it's going to take me a moment to kind of decompress, right? Without that quick fix that is going to just create that deficit because you can never find wholeness in something that alters who you are. So when you say, this is my whole true self, this is honesty. And then the people get to love, choose to love you for that or not. So when I, I only loved alcohol when I was rejecting a part of me. Now that I've accepted all of me, I don't love alcohol anymore. I don't even like it anymore. I don't hate it, but it's neutral but I have no desire for it, right? The desire has been neutralized by the attention and the grace I offered myself from loving all of me, from compassion for when I didn't do it right. And that's changed everything. It's an unflinching presence 
that I can absolutely forget in times of great turmoil and that I forget I have access to, but it is always there telling me I'm enough, that there's nothing about me that's wrong or I need to change. And when I do that and I act in ways that I don't like and I can say that I'm human, then I can learn to trust myself in places where I didn't before. So when you don't listen (laughs) to like the outward authority, quote unquote, you're just simply not listening to someone else's opinion. So then you get to choose, right? You get to choose what you kind of want to bring into your sphere and you get to dive in deeper to your truth. But alcohol neutralizes our ability to gain access to our innate power because our brain is all jumbled up and we really aren't clearly thinking at our highest level. We just don't have access to our highest cognition, but we also don't have access to the actual way that our thoughts are creating our emotions and how that feels in our body because we're always in a state of uh, dissociation, disembodiment, and then repair. So it's not the alcohol you hate. It's what it reflects back to you, your own inner truth saying, why can't you love me the way I am? It is a search for fulfillment and wholeness where there is none, right? Where you can never find more of you. So that's why you keep reaching this attachment. My true self is perfect wholeness. This is where you find satisfaction and fulfillment, not in happiness which is a fleeting emotion. You can be satisfied and experience sadness and pain. And if you believe myself is perfect wholeness, you can still be satisfied and be in pain. And how can you be anything better than you? We have lived the last 2,000 years of conditioning from, you know, this kind of Christian doctrine that really does dictate so much of our society, whether or not you've ever even heard a word of the Bible or not. And it's that, you know, women are either the the virgin, pure and untouched, or the whore, right? And that your voice doesn't matter. And then we add in any other intersectional oppression and you have more illusions of unworthiness to sift through. Because there's these stories of authority, but you are the creator of your own life. You have the power inside as a sovereign being of free will. You hate alcohol for what it's revealing to you that you keep breaking your own heart. That there is a disconnect. There's something not settling there about a way you think you should be, but that just doesn't feel right. And that it's not the answer you want it to be because you're gaining awareness. That's why you're here. That although there's a sense of elation with the alcohol, it doesn't take you closer to yourself or spirit or God or satisfaction. And when you are sad or stressed, rather than listening to the pain, you rush to quiet it. And you wait for someone else to tell you it's okay, that you're enough, that you look pretty in that dress. But when they never come, and even if they do, it falls flat because you don't believe it. 
You're waiting for the next handbag, the new baby smell, the job promotion, the vacation to be in your happy place. But every time it misses the mark, fleeting. I could tell you what to say when people ask you why you don't drink. Or I can tell you about fake booze and mocktails, but it won't matter. If you work to fill the void of the substance of alcohol, you will never work to fill the void in you. You don't live your life alcohol-free, missing alcohol. You live your life alcohol-free to find more of you and then alcohol becomes irrelevant. The broken heart that can only be mended when you stop turning your back on her and you decide to catch your own heart. You're seeking happiness versus wholeness, and it will fall flat every time. My invitation to you today, my beautiful listener, is to catch your own heart. What does that mean to you? Have a wonderful week. I'm here if you need anything. Take care. If a life of deeper self-mastery and feminine embodiment is calling you, but alcohol is the one constant in your way, I want to invite you to check out my one-on-one coaching program. It's your opportunity to apply the tools and principles from the show to your life one step at a time. Together, we create the safe and sacred container to explore the habit of alcohol, the power of choice, and awaken your inner light. Schedule a complimentary alignment session where I will help you uncover the next best step for you on your journey of discovering what's possible on the other side of alcohol. Follow the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com. I can't wait to connect.